Yes, welcome to the first edition of the Driving You Crazy podcast. I am your host, Jason Luber. I'm the traffic anchor for Denver 7 News. And with me is our 6 a.m. newscast producer, Joseph Peters. What up, Jason? I'm dressed like a cowboy today, but I won't be every day. <laughs> yeah, that, that's okay, because uh, we're recording this episode right around Halloween. And as far as we know, one of the it's one of the only podcasts like this in the history of podcasts. Uh, if I'm wrong, I'm sure we'll hear about it. Well, that's just it. I did a little bit of research background as we were like fleshing out the idea for this podcast. And what I noticed is that you have a lot of things that are designed for truckers and people who are on long stretches of roads for long periods of time. There are a lot of people tailored to that niche. What we don't see a lot of is podcasts that are tailored to dealing with the traffic problems that we all go through, the blinkers, the people who want to speed up when you turn your blinker on, the people who run red lights. That's what you're here for, man. That's why we turn to Jason Luber, the traffic anchor at Denver 7. Yeah, and I've been doing traffic for a long time here in Denver. I was a helicopter reporter, photographer here at 7. I was a helicopter reporter for 850 KOA Radio for a lot of years. I've been covering traffic for a long time. Now, the show, as I said, is called Driving You Crazy. The idea behind this show is to talk traffic and transportation, the good and the bad of driving and commuting, uh, especially what drives you crazy on the roads. Now, even though we are here in Denver, Colorado, these issues we talk about not only today but in future podcasts are going to be universal no matter where you live and where you drive in the country or really in the world. Mm -hmm. our, our goal here is to have a new podcast every week, Maybe more depending on this and that, but this show only works with your interaction. Yes, even though this is a podcast, we would like to hear from you. We'd like to hear about what interests you and your gripes on the road and about the roads that you drive on and what drives you crazy when you're out and about. Now, here's some uh, ways you can get in touch with us. I have a Facebook page. It's Jason Luber Traffic Guy. It's J-A-Y. Very important. Yes, very important. Yeah, the Y is very important. So J-A-Y-S-O-N-L-U-B as in boy, E-R, Traffic Guy. Uh, I post interesting things there as well. Uh, not only just traffic stuff, but transportation stories, some other interesting stories. Anyway, check it out. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Denver 7, the number 7, traffic. Uh, I tweet mostly in the mornings for the morning commute, occasionally other times, but mostly it's for uh, morning commuting. And Joseph has some other ways for you to contact us. That's right. So we set up an e email specifically for this show. Pretty simple, drivingyoucrazypodcast at gmail.com. So we're encouraging everybody to write us there and just let us know, you know, what kind of traffic problems are you dealing with. Another thing that you can do is record a voice memo on your phone and have that sent to us at that email address. We don't quite have a voicemail up and running, but we do want to hear your voice telling us about these problems. We've all had conversations with our friends when they start talking about traffic, their blood pressure gets high, they start talking a little quicker. We've all been there, so we want to hear your stories. And we will get one of those voicemail systems set up so you can call us, record something for us, and then we'll be able to play those in future podcasts. Now, in future episodes, we'll discuss problems like merging and how to do it. Yes, the zipper effect. Uh, I am very fond of the zipper effect. We'll talk about that in future episodes. We'll talk about self-driving cars. Yeah, we had that self-driving truck uh, in the past couple of weeks drive all the way through Denver from the north side of Denver, uh, northern Colorado, all the way through Denver by itself. The trucker was just sitting there watching, uh, monitoring the situation, but not driving the truck. Uh, that's pretty revolutionary. Uh, reluctance of people to use turn signals and the like. 
uh, like the uh, story I see, the meme all the time about uh, people saying they'll put more blinker fluid in your car to maybe help you tur- use your turn signal. Uh, we'll talk construction projects, uh, not only here in Colorado, but uh, around the country, you know, uh, things like express lanes, uh, congestion around traffic projects, and others. You know, they, they actually are universal, not only just here, but uh, nationwide, too. And we'll also talk some other odd stories that we come across, like the story the other day where I saw that a truck down in Australia lost an entire load of toilet paper it was hauling and caused a huge traffic delay. Uh, unraveled rolls of toilet paper were strewn across the freeway. Uh, caused major traffic congestion for miles and miles. It was a... You can fill in the blank. Insert your own joke there. <laughs> uh, this, the, this past week, I wrote a couple of news stories for the Driving You Crazy section of the Denver uh, Denver 7 website. It's called the DenverChannel.com. And one of them was about a new driving lane that's going to be built right along, uh, right there at I-25 by the outlets in Castle Rock. But this story, this one, really piqued my interest. It's it's about from a driver who sent me a message about an area of standing water on the ramp from southbound 225 to southbound I-25. And this is what Erica from Denver writes. What's driving you crazy? The perpetual patch of water on the underpass of I-225 heading south on I-25. It always exists in both lanes and come winter will be a lovely patch of ice for four months. Even when there hasn't been any precipitation for weeks, this water still exists, she says. I've slid on the patch several times in the winter because you don't think there will be ice when there hasn't been any rain or snow for a week on end. So super dangerous in winter, and it literally never goes away ever for years. This water ice patch has existed. And I've seen this on the Google Map View. You can actually see it there, and it is actually a little bit slick even uh, when the dry times are happening because that uh, that uh, algae grows on there, uh-huh. I guess, and it can get really slick. So this is what CDOT told me when I contacted them. They say they are aware of the water patch on on that underpass there, but they believe it's either one of two things. There's an issue with the irrigation in the area, but they say the land does not belong to CDOT, which I'm surprised about because that that little land area there is, is surrounded by highway. So I thought it was actually all DOT property, but I guess not. Um, they also say, and this was what most interesting to me, they say it could be a result of a natural spring in the area. We're in contact with local and state agencies to find out who owns the land and make sure this issue is taken care of. Now, my ears really picked up when I heard this, that there might be a natural spring causing the water. Now, a leaky sprinkling, uh, sprinkler system, that's boring. Uh, but finding a natural spring that constantly dribbles water onto the highway, that's interesting. Uh, it's almost like Jed Clampett when he went out to shoot some food, up from the ground comes a bubble in crude. I'm thinking, bottled water, that's right, sell it as I-25 natural spring water. That's what I'm saying. There you go. You're an innovator, man. Uh, not sure if there's room for an entire bottling plant to be set up right next to the highway. Uh, maybe they could even set up a table like a kid's lemonade stand, I don't know. Uh, hand out water to the drivers that are stuck in the stop-and-go traffic right there. Uh, A cool, refreshing drink to help wash down the motoring woes or just that morning cup of coffee before you get to work. Uh, If it really is a natural spring that's causing this water, it's going to be very interesting. Uh, It'll be an interesting process to solve that problem. When I talked to the DOT, they told me they're working to find, they say, the landowner and then work to find the cause. That's interesting because I thought that land, especially right next to the interstate, in this particular case... It's actually land surrounded by a roadway. Uh, it would be owned by the DOT. 
Uh, but there are other questions uh, still yet to be answered here. But the, sh- the short answer, and let's be realistic here, is that this woman's problem is not going away anytime soon. No, 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 no. It's, st- it's still going to be there. Uh, it's still going to be a problem until they can figure out the problem. And even though it's been a warm and uh, dry fall, uh, winter is still coming. And when we see overnight freezing temperatures, that water is going to turn to unsuspecting ice. So, and that's obviously very dangerous. So, of course, we'll keep you posted uh, when we learn more about what the problem is and how they're going to solve it. Uh, This might be a good time to take a short break. Uh, We don't have any ads here, no commercials. It's just interesting and hopefully entertaining promos by the other members of our Denver 7 Morning News program. Uh, You can be the judge on that. Coming up, what drives me crazy? And some other stories I addressed in my last Facebook Live broadcast. We'll be right back. More of the Driving You Crazy podcast in a moment. Here's a reason to watch Denver 7 every morning. We always have the latest information you need to help plan your day for your whole family. Uh, We've got a full team of reporters that are here around the clock all night long making sure we can advance stories so you know how these things affect you and your family uh, that happen across. It could be a Broncos victory. It could be something about a road being closed or something that affects you and your kid at school. Mitch Jelnicker, only on Denver 7. The hardest part about getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning is the night before because, you know, you've got kids. You want to be active with them. I want to put them to bed. I want to redo them. I want to be able to watch a movie with them, but it's really hard to because we have to wake up so early. So the hardest part about waking up early is going to bed early. But it's worth it because, honestly, I love this morning show, and I don't think I would ever want to be on another shift because I, I work with great people. And, you know, giving you what you need to know to get out the door every morning I think is important to me, and it's important to, to my job and, and what I do as, as a meteorologist. Lisa Hidalgo, only on Denver 7. You're listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast with Jason Luber. Yes, this is the Driving You Crazy podcast with me, Denver 7 traffic anchor Jason Luber and our 6 a.m. newscast producer, Joseph Peters. That's me. You can find me on Twitter at JosephDenver7. There's also one other way to get a hold of us. There's a form on our website where you can submit your questions without including your email. So you want to go to thedenverchannel.com. On the right side of the page, about halfway down, you'll see the Driving You Crazy section. Not only can you submit a question there, but you can also see all of the previous stories that have been written by Jason Luber. Now, before the break, we said we were going to talk about what drives you the traffic cry absolutely crazy. Tell me more. Yeah, I get bugged by many of the same issues our listeners and viewers uh, on TV uh, get bugged by. Tailgating, uh, no turn signals, drivers who won't merge right. That really bugs me. I I am an advocate about merging correctly. But really what gets me more than anything else is speeding. But not just any kind of speeding. It's the speeding, even just a little bit over the limit, in residential neighborhoods where your kids and my kids are playing. And... It, it, just a couple. This all right. So a couple of years ago, my wife, we, uh, the family, my wife, my two girls, we moved to a house on a street that feeds out to this main road. Okay, so most of my neighbors have to drive past my place, and it is a slight downhill going to the main road. And some of the drivers, especially these teenage kids, who are going uh, to or from high school, get going way too fast for my liking. 
There would be no time for them to stop if a kid ran out into the street. Uh, my kid, the next door neighbor's kid, the kid right across the street. There'd be no time, and it'd be uh, you really lose two lives: one, the kid who runs out in the street, and then the person who's driving. So yeah, I mean, we all know the kinds of neighborhoods you're talking about that are really condensed. You got a lot of houses on the block. You got to like, I mean, there's the kind of neighborhood where you have like a slide in the front yard that your five year old uses. It's really a no good situation. I, look, I'm not a purist. I, more often than not, go over the speed limit on the interstate. Uh, Usually, I'm driving with the flow of traffic, sometimes a bit faster than the flow of traffic. And and to me, that's entirely different than speeding in a neighborhood where people are right next to the road or kids are playing. It it could be not only the neighborhoods, but also some of the other side roads where people are. It's really a difference for me from where people are and people are not. You're absolutely right. because so I and I don't ra- speed like a raving lunatic, weaving in and out of traffic. But for for example, on I twenty five, the speed limit sixty five, I might be doing uh, seventy. But going thirty five in a twenty five mile an hour residential area, w- which I already think is too high, twenty five is probably too high. That's way more dangerous than going a little bit over on the on the interstate highway. And, all right, here's a story that makes my wife nervous. It'll prove my, well, it'll, anyway. Uh, So coming out of our main road, there's a little section road right next to the mailboxes. I don't know, it's maybe 20 yards long or so. Then there's a stop sign to either go left or right into the neighborhood. And last week, I'm out in the driveway. I'm in the front yard playing with my five-year-old daughter. Uh, We see this one driver make the right turn right there at that stop sign. He didn't even attempt to stop at the sign. Didn't even, he he didn't stop at all. He then starts to gun it up the street towards my house. So he's rolling at a pretty good clip coming up to the house. So I go out into the middle of the street. I, I, I get him to stop. I wave him down. So he rolls down his passenger window. He starts talking on his cell phone. And so I put my hand up against the car right there where the window's down. And my hand's somewhat in there. And I say, you know what? It would have been nice if you attempted to even pretend to stop back there at the stop sign. And before I could speak another word, while my hand is still on the car, where the window goes up, he starts to roll up the window. So my car, my hand's going up the car window, and he starts to drive off. I had this tennis ball in my pocket that Jolene and I were playing with, and I wanted, I had it in my hand. I wanted so badly to throw it at his truck. Uh, but then it crossed my mind to, uh, well, all right, don't do that. Uh, and then it crossed my mind to get in my car and chase him down. But I listened to that little voice. There's that little voice in my head that sounds a lot like my wife. Uh, not to go after him and just let it go. The it's not worth so, it voice, right? I'm a newlywed and I can hear my wife saying the exact yeah, same thing right now. Yeah. That, that was so frustrating for me when he did that. Now, even if he hates me, maybe may, my short interaction with that guy will make him think about the think about that stop sign, how fast he was going. Maybe it'll, he'll think about it in the future. Maybe, or, or I don't know, maybe he's just figuring out a way to sue me because I touched his car or he's going to send his kids over to egg my house. Well, when you see a man like this in the street, I... I... Don't know if I would even consider going as far as you do because I, my voice, I think, is probably a little bit stronger than yours. But I think it's very natural to want to stop and confront somebody when they do something that's so blatantly reckless. Uh, so that that you know, those are the kind of frustrating. Uh, that's that's what frustrates me more than anything is speeding in residential areas, and you and you even see it in some of the downtown areas around downtown Denver, some of the neighborhoods here 
where you have cars parked on either side of the street, kids are playing, and if they dart out behind one of those cars, there's no chance to see it. And the speed limit on most of those roads is 25 miles an hour. Again, in my opinion, it's too fast. It's too fast for where those kids are. So I could see changing the speed limit where people are and, and maybe having a little bit higher speed limit where people are not like the interstates or maybe some separated roads, that sort of thing. Anyway, uh, that bugs me more than anything. Back to the original question uh, of driving, driving me crazy. All right, this week as part of our mailbag seg- segment, I received a couple of questions on my Friday, Friday Facebook Live broadcast. Every Friday I do a Facebook Live broadcast that is on the main Denver 7 uh, Facebook page. And we answer questions, or I answer questions about uh, traffic and travel and those sort of things. And just do a little interactive broadcast. It's pretty fun. Uh, you can tune in every Friday. Well, anyway, the, the first question I got was about this new traffic jam that has formed up on the north side of Commerce City on westbound I-76 right near Highway 85. That project is actually pretty interesting. It's, uh, they say the project uh, will improve the geometry of the westbound I-76 curve where the interstate joins southbound U.S. Highway 85. Uh, they say that transition area is going to be upgraded to the current design standards, and that will hopefully allow some of the traffic to flow better in there. Uh, and they also will have an additional travel lane from South U.S. Highway 85 to 96th Avenue. That's going to be built as part of the project. They already had a closure here this past uh, weekend recently because of that. And portions of I-76 will also be replaced with new concrete. They're actually going to also improve the drainage over there, the lighting. And they say water quality measures. Well, I don't know about that, but... Uh, it'll be interesting to see this uh, section of highway rebuilt to, as they say, improve the geometry of the interchange. Now, they say construction is going to continue through the winter, anticipated completion in early 2018, so it's going to go on for some time. Now, the other project, uh, the other question I got was when Brighton Boulevard is going to be repaved up in the Rhino District of North Denver. It's just north of Coors Field where Blake, Brighton, Broadway all come together and then run north towards I-70 past the bottling plant there. Uh, and and that's that's going to happen as a major rebuild I've been talking about for a couple of months now. Uh, now the project actually officially broke ground on this where they did the shovel digging, that whole thing with the mayor and, and the whole deal recently. But the construction really is going to start cranking up here pretty soon. And they're going to do a lot of work here on Brighton Boulevard to re uh, really re-engineer a bunch of the intersections through there at, at basically 29th, 40th, uh, uh, 44th. They're going to do it all the way up towards I-70. So you're going to have better uh, concrete in there. You're going to have better uh, road surface. They're going to redo the intersection with new signals uh, at 29th, 31st, 33rd. 35th, that sounds like I'm calling off football play now. Uh, 38th and 44th, they're going to have new street parking, uh, wider sidewalks. They're actually going to have a continuous bike track, a six and a half foot, this continuous bike track uh, that's going to allow for bikers to be separated from the cars and pedestrians there. They're going to do new lighting and benches and landscaping and all, all that stuff. But that project is going to last about a year as well. And it's going to be welcome news for those folks up there in the Rhino District on the north side of town. Well, so many roads in this city, you just think, uh, a little bit better and it would be so much more convenient. But give it time. And with that, I think we'll wrap up this pilot episode of the Driving You Crazy podcast. Uh, Remember, this only works with interaction from you. So we want to hear from you. Uh, You can get in touch with us again on my Facebook page, Jason Luber, Traffic Guy, Denver 7 Traffic. 
And we have our very own email for the show. Pretty simple. Driving you crazy podcast at gmail.com. Again, thanks so much for listening and be sure to catch our next episode. I think we're going to talk about, since we're getting close to uh, winter here, we'll talk what? Winter driving? Very important. I think that's going to be the topic. Okay. Winter driving will be our next episode. We'll talk all about all about that. Until then, I'm Denver 7 traffic anchor Jason Luber. I'm Joseph Peters, the overnight producer. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring. You've been listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast with Jason Luber. Jason Luber.